Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. I love you, church. Good morning, church. You know, it's one verse that I really love and I used to share with my um, business friends. And this is from 3 John chapter... Can I have the slide, please? I'm sorry about the phone. I was just been told that the phone is too small. Next time I'll blow it up a little bit. This is the, my favorite verse that I used to share with friends. And it says that, Beloved, in regards of all things, I pray that you prosper and in health even as your soul prospers. This is such a good, perfect blessing for everybody. You are in good health. Your soul is prosper. And everything you do is prosper. Don't you want to have a son like that or a daughter like that or a mother-in-law like that? Everything is prosperous. And the prosperous here, prosperity here, it does not restrict to a project or a business deal. It is your whole journey in life. The prosperity here means have a prosperous journey. It's about the journey that you are fruitful, you are prosperous. Prosperity does not cover financial return, but it also covers your fruitfulness in your relationship, fruitfulness in the works of your hands, fruitfulness in your children's studies. Fruitfulness, the whole journey, it is not a project, it is not an event, it is your whole journey. Don't you want that? But I want you to see that the prosperity has a lot to do with your soul. And that's where our, our, our struggle is. That's why sometimes we don't have breakthrough. Because you do not know that God wants to prosper your soul. We tend to ignore it. Human beings, we have body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit is usually not a problem because when you receive Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came into you, you live the life of Christ. Your life is a spirit. That is not a problem. Right? But God strengthened our inner man by His Holy Spirit. That is not a problem. Our problem is our soul, where our mind is. Our human mind, our determination, our will, our feeling. That's where the problem we struggle with. Every day, whether you're Christian or not Christian, whether you're fasting or not fasting, we have a war that is going on, a battle that is going on between the spirit and the soul. All the time. Right? You want to sue something that you think, oh, I think I should do this. But I think this is what the spirit is doing to me. I, I need to do it. Your soul will tell you otherwise. Your soul always wants to fight with your spirit. You know Why? Because from the beginning of time, you have been controlled by your soul. From the beginning of time, you have been controlled. Now you have a spirit within him, within you, and the spirit wants to do something. You know what the soul wants to do? He wants to be the boss. So our soul has always has given us a lot of problems. God says, I want to prosper your soul. God wants to prosper our soul. How does God want to prosper our soul? Can I have the next one, please? Emmanuel. Uh, Christian. That's Christian, sorry. Christian, thank you very much. And this is what we this is what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 17. 
But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desire of your friends. The desire of your friends is where their soul is trying to fight with. The human nature wants to fight with the Spirit. For the desire of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desire of the spirit are against the flesh. There are two desires. One is the desire of the spirit, one is the desire of what your mind wants to do. And it's all against each other. That's why we all have a battle in the heart, in, the, in, in our spirit. You, you, you can talk to those people who have anxiety. You talk to these people who have a panic attack. You know, their soul is so strong that they believe in certain things that they're so anxious about. You know? And by the way, the, 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 the patients that always ask for Bibles are the mental health patients. They know their struggle, but they can't help it, you know? They always ask for Bibles. All our Bibles, 195% of the Bibles are given to the mental health patients. Because there is such a thing, within, it's so real to them. Anxiety is so real to them. You know, but God wants to prosper their soul. So the desire of the Spirit is against the, 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 against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other and to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. We all have this. Can I have a show of hands? Do you believe that? Every morning, sometimes we wake up. You know, our day starts with the Lord, right? He said, this is the day that God has made be glad and rejoice. Our day does not start because we read the Bible or because I start the day first in the morning, I kneel down and pray. It doesn't start with that. It starts with the Lord because He is the one who created the heavens and the earth. He is the one who created the sun. He is the one who created the moon. He is the one who called it the day. It starts with God. But the next order of the day is be glad and rejoice. When a person has a mental illness, he wakes up with hopelessness, yes? With anxiety, with hopelessness. He can't get up. He wants to close the curtain. He wants to lock in. He wants to sleep. Now, when you are in that condition, God said, be glad and rejoice. What do you do? Right? So, God always starts with the day with be glad and rejoice. It's such a hopeful day every day. Every day we wake up, look for this order of the day, tell the Lord, this is the order of the day, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what the circumstances. We don't live by circumstances, we live by who God is in our life. We live by the Word of God. So we've got to adjust our thinking every time that we are human, we, we, we hear things, we do things, we feel things, that's where the souls, our soul is. And yet, we have the, the power of living God and saying, you live by the word of God. There is always a struggle, but we got to make a choice. Every day, no matter how you struggle, tell God, this is the order of the day. I want my whole family to be glad and rejoice in it. That's the order of the day God gives for every day, regardless whether it's Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Next, please, uh, Christian. Thank you, Christian. And, and, and in Romans, God gave this, the solution. God gave the solution. This is what Paul says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul, before he wrote, he wrote uh, uh, chapter 12, from chapter 1 to chapter 11, he was talking about the fullness of Christ, of your salvation. 
the love of God, the mercy of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the, the, the kindness of God, the salvation of God, the righteousness of God. All these to do with the things that you need for your, for your soul. So after listening to these, after you read the first 11 chapters, he said, now therefore, now therefore you respond to the goodness of God. This here, this, this, this verse here is not about we come to God and cry for mercy. Because the mercy of God is already with you, is how you respond to the mercy of God. This verse is about our respond to the mercy of God. Like you fall in love. Have you fallen in love? I think a lot of you have fallen in love. Where you fall in love? How do you respond when you first love? You saw this wonderful woman like my wife. How do I respond? Right? You respond to the love. How do you respond? Maybe you change your language. Maybe you brush teeth. You start brushing teeth. You start combing hair. That's your response to the love that you want. Right? And we have to respond to the mercy of God, to the love of God, to the peace of God, to the joy of God, to the comfort of God, to the righteousness of God, to the long-suffering of God, to the patience of God. How do you respond? In your response, that is where God starts to build your soul. That is where prosper your soul. Is, here, here, here we come. I appeal to you that you make you present your bodies. Everybody said, my body. Your body is a very private person, individual. Yes? You may not know your body as well as it should be, in some cases. And people don't know your body too. It's a very private individual. So you present whatever there is private to you. The church may not even know it. He said, God said, present your body as a living sacrifice. You are, this is a very priestly language, that you present your body on the altar. Altar is not a comfortable place. As a living sacrifice, Jesus and in the Old Testament, they present the animals as the dead sacrifice. Jesus went to the cross and died on the cross as a dead sacrifice. We don't have to die at the altar. But we, we, are, we are placing our life on the altar as a living sacrifice. Living means you can feel it. You know it. You can feel it. And also living means your whole life. It's not a project. It's not a method. It is not a formula. It is your whole life. And say, God, there are issues in my heart that I need to take care of, that you to take care of. As a sacrifice means you give God, you give God the authority to pull out whatever that is not of God because he wants to prosper your soul. Your sacrifice is for God to prosper your soul. It's not to punish you. It's not to degrade you. It's not to intimidate you because it is personal between you and God. A friend of mine has this issue. It's a sexual issue, sexual addiction. He just came out of the hospital. I went to visit him. He had a spinal disorder and he went for an operation. Bear in mind, he just had an operation on the back. I went to his house, and he couldn't even come out of his house, his, his room. 
And I went to his room. His wife was there outside. I sat with him on the bed. And he confided in me. He said, I got an issue. I said, what's your issue? He said, I got this sexual addiction. You know, the moment I asked him, the moment I asked, I didn't do anything. I was sitting next to him. I said, do you want the devil out of you? He started to cough and his body floated. His body floated from here to here. His body floated right next to me, up and down. Up. You can't do that as a human being to defy gravity and you can't do that with person who just came back with a back operation, spinal operation. He coughed and he coughed and he coughed. His body flew up and down, up and down. I was totally shocked. After he settled down, he said, Victor, this is the lightest moment in my life. I never feel so light before. Why? Because the Lord pulled out the root of, of this something, the addiction that, the, that, 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 that hindered the prosperity of his soul. God says, whatever that is not planted by my Father has to be uprooted. There are so many things that we are planted into our soul, we don't even know by our culture, by our belief, by our intelligence, by our understanding, by our media, by people who intimidated you, by people who abused you, by people who, 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 who robbed you. This took root in our soul that we got so upset with it, it is... It gets deeper and deeper and deeper until you become hatred, resentment, anger, unforgiveness. And we can't deal with it. We all have that. Yeah? So this is a living sacrifice that you put your body on as, as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Now, the moment you put in your body, present your body, God says it is holy and it is acceptable. You, not be, you, are, you are not becoming holy. God calls you holy. This is the fulfillment of the right from the beginning of time. God says, I prosper, I, I predestine you to be holy, to be blameless, even before the creation of the world. This is the moment you present your body as living sacrifice today. God brings you right back to the creation of the world. Now he remembers, before the creation of the world, I call you holy and blameless. See how much, how much the thing in our soul can prevent us from being accepted by God in such a holy manner. This is, this is a priesthood, priestly language. You become holy and acceptable by God. But there are issues that we, we, we don't even know within in our hearts, but we are going to expose it today. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, you begin to think like God. You know what is good, what is acceptable. Now, to discern means to test, examine, prove, scrutinize, to see whether a thing is genuine or not. To discern also means to recognized as genuine after examination to approve, to deem worthy. In other words, to discern is not something new. You have already got it, but you didn't know about it. God has already given you the, 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 the fullness of Christ within you that he wants to prosper your soul also, but you do not know. Now you can, the moment you say, I don't want to confirm with the world, 
I want to, 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 to be transformed by the Lord. So, so I put my, my body, present my body as a living sacrifice. Right? God renew your mind and transform you. Then you begin to know what is already inside you. It's not something new. What I'm sharing with you is not something new. It is already, the Holy Spirit is already within you. It carries the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness. It's all within you to prosper your soul. Our soul can't have peace because we struggle with it. Because we've got an issue we don't even know. There are issues we know, but there are issues we don't even know. We struggle with joy. We struggle with self-control. We struggle with kindness. We struggle with, 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 with uh, 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 long-suffering or patience. We struggle with it. Next, please. And this is how Paul responds. Paul responds to the mercy of God, to the love of God, to the joy of God, to the righteousness of God, to the peace of God, to the kindness of God, to the salvation of God, to the eternal life of God. Jesus said, I come that you have life a bit more abundantly. We all have life a bit more abundantly. But if our soul is not prosper, we don't get the fullness of this life. And this is, Paul, this is how Paul responds to the mercies of God. Philippians chapter 3, verse, verses 8 to 11 says, Indeed, this is what Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I count everything worth surpassing. I count everything as lost. For, I, I, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and my share, my, may share His sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection, the resurrection from the dead. So this is how Paul responds to the mercy of God. He said, I count everything in this world as a loss. What I really want is my joy and peace and love and life, life more abundantly and my eternal life, my salvation, the forgiveness of sins. That's what I really like. This is what life is. And he said, I suffer. Suffer here means when you are living sacrifice, you do suffer because there are things that is this, but it is suffer for your prosperity. It is uprooting something for your prosperity. Right? It is not, the suffer here is, does not mean you suffer in sickness. And this is something that we need to know. Because by his stripe you are here, we are not suffering for sickness. You know, a patient striker, he likes to talk to me, he was, he was very old, he was, he was dying and and, and I always, he always said that, you know, he suffered for sickness. He bear the sickness from Christ. I said, no, you don't suffer for sickness. Because Jesus died on the cross for your sickness. He said, by his stripes you are healed. You don't suffer for sickness. You suffer because you endure. You persevere. Right? 
But his wife will come and say, no, you've got to suffer for sickness. You've got to accept me, you've got to suffer for sickness. This is not about suffering for sickness. This is to, to injure, to experience det- detriment, to cast away, to receive, to receive damage, loss, and suffer loss. You suffer losses of things that you think you enjoy. Some people enjoy anger. Some people like anger as a power and authority to abuse people that, you know, for his own, because of his own, perhaps, inferiority complex, because insecurity, he uses anger, you know, to shield himself against any possible enemies. People enjoy it, you know, but that is not good. That is what God says, so take it all out. So when you have anger, when God took up that root of rage and anger, what do you feel when you suffer? You have humility. You have people who laugh at you. you. You swallow it. You don't throw your anger anymore. That's where, that's where the suffering means. Okay? You cast away what is not of God. Christian, thank you. And this is our very normal Christian response. Right? You hear it all the time. In Matthew chapter 22, verse Verses 37 to 39. For Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. And this, this is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this is our first thing we learn as a Christian, right? Every time we come to become a, a Christian, people say, Oh, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Your love your neighbor as yourself. We have to love your neighbor, but you have to love yourself too. This is something that a lot of Christians neglect as well when they get burned out. You love somebody, but you've got to love yourself. There are quite a number of care workers, carers, who get into a depression because their tank ran dry. They did not know. They keep going, keep going, keep going. Depression. Anxiety attack, can't sleep, insomnia, because their tank is dry. You love your neighbors, but you got to love yourself. Loving yourself is, is a commandment from God. It is your response to the love of God. So I would like to, you to encourage you to think about loving yourself. I know when I ask the patient, um, love yourself, they always say, I go for, you know, polish the nail. And grace, well, that's okay, that's okay. You, you, you. But what is more important is inside. Do you love yourself? If you love yourself, you don't curse yourself. If you love yourself, you don't throw a punch on somebody else because you know it's going to come back. If you love yourself, you don't curse somebody because you know it's going to come back to you. That's loving yourself right from the beginning of your soul, right inside your soul. And we don't know that. You want to ourselves, our soul to be prosperous, you don't know that. You throw a punch, somebody punch into you, punch back to you, and is that loving yourself? No. You know, so love your God, your your Lord, your love the Lord and love your neighbor as you love yourself. There are people who can't love neighbors for various reasons, you know, because of the dogs, because of the kids, but but anyway, it is that God love your neighbor as yourself. So love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But that has been hindered. 
The soul, you can't receive the love. You can't receive the love that the Holy Spirit is going to be giving it to you. That's why there's a struggle between your anger and the love from the Holy Spirit. There's a struggle all the time. Next one, please, uh, Christian. And the solution that, 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 that Paul or the Holy Spirit gives is put to death. Not half dead, half died, half death. Put to death. Therefore, what is earthly to you? Sexual immorality, that's what I said earlier. Impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. Slender, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and that have put on the new self what is being new self what is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And you'll be surprised at how come anger is mentioned there. How come slander is mentioned? I thought it's a very common human language. Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. We can get angry. Right? We can, I can get angry, but I don't want to be an angry person. You know? And you see, in, in, in Genesis chapter 31, verse 34, Rachel, Rachel is the, the, the wife of Jacob. The wife of Jacob. And when Jacob left his, his, his hometown, he went to get a wife, and he got Rachel. Right? And in that place, he, he, he lived about 20 years. In 20 years, the father-in-law changed his wages 10 times. The father-in-law actually cheated him. 10 times changed his wages. Now God says, you leave your father-in-law, leave this place. I'm going to bring to where you came from, can I? The promised land. I'm going to bring you to the promised land. Right? So he's going to prosper him even more. Along the journey... Before they left, Rachel took the father's or Jacob's father-in-law's household gods, uh, 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 gods, the idol. Idol has to do with the, uh, or, or Jacob's culture has to do with the idol, cheating, your own people. She took the idol and she even sat on it. So that nobody, would, nobody knew that she had stolen the idol. idol. She sat and it's so comfortable, so comfortable with the idol. And sometimes we have this, so comfortable with the idol within our hearts that you don't even know it, you carry it. an idol. This is an idol of a previous culture that you bring into the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you follow that culture. Cheating the income tax office is okay because it's government. I don't cheat the poor. Cheating a little bit is okay. He's not poor because I just cheat him. He's rich. It's okay. A couple of thousand dollars is okay. God doesn't ask us. God wants to prosper our soul that we depend and trust him rather than the worst system of cheating and politics. And so. so Rachel did not know that she took the idols and she sat on it. So comfortable. Nobody knew. 
We can come to church. Nobody knew that we've got a culture inside you that is fighting against the Spirit. Another person, another person, Joshua, in, in the book of Joshua, chapter 7, verses 20 to 21, so Achan. Achan's been troubled or troublesome. Achan did the same thing. God told Achan, told the whole of the nation of Israel, don't take the gold and silver from the enemy that belong to God. Don't take it. You know what Achan did? He robbed God. He took the gold and silver. Not only that, he took the garment, the Babylonian garment, which speaks of the lifestyle, which speaks of the fullness of the person's culture, of who he is as, as an unbeliever. And he also did it, he hid it, he hid it in the ground outside the tabernacle. So many of us, we come to church, sometimes we hide things outside the church. Nobody in the church knows that you're an abuser at home. You abuse your wife, abuse your children. And by the way, both of them did not reach the promised land. Both of them did not reach the promised land. God wants us, us to all the time walk in the promised land. Remember when the prodigal son came back? The Lord gave him the sandals. Everywhere he walked is the promised land. Everywhere he walks, the presence of God. Everywhere, there's the authority of his land. That's what God wants us to have. That we don't have to depend on the world system of cheating and, and slandering politics to gain wealth, to gain prosperity. The prosperity first comes from your soul. Again, you, you know that the prosperity is a prosperous journey. And these two did not, in the journey, they did not prosper. They did not reach the promised land. Next, please. I, am I I'm okay with time? Coming, yeah? Okay. Now, there are different people. We, we come to present ourselves as a living sacrifice for different reasons. Some of them, of course, you have issue in your heart you know, which we mentioned, but some of them come in as a living sacrifice simply because God wants you to be there in the situation. Look at this. In Isaiah 25, verse, verses 4 to 5, say, you have been a stronghold. He talked to God. God, you have been a stronghold to the poor. Hello? Stronghold to the poor. Stronghold to the poor. God is my stronghold. How come I'm still poor? A stronghold to the needed in distress. He is a stronghold. How come am I so in distress? There's a struggle, right? Yes, there's a tension. He's my God. How come I'm still poor? He's my God. How come I'm still struggle in distress? Right? That is the feeling of, of you being a living sacrifice on the altar. Because on the altar, I told you, you, you can feel it. You can feel it. You are still waiting for God to show up as a stronghold. But at the moment, you are poor. At the moment, you are, you are needy in distress. At the moment, you know there is a shelter, but there is a storm also. You know? And there is a shed, but there is a heat also. And for the breath of the ruthless, it's like a storm against the wall. Like the heat in a dry place. You subduce the noise of the foreigners as hid in the shade of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is put down. 
Now, this is what Christian is when we, we, we struggle while we are waiting for an answer. We are struggle when we are waiting for a breakthrough. What is God bringing out when you are struggle? God bring out a lot of things that our heart will see later. Right? God, you are a healer. How come I'm still not healed? God, you are a restorer. How come I'm not still rest- I'm not restored yet? You know, when we took, we applied for our permanent residence, the lawyer made a mistake. I waited for six years. And I struggled, honestly. My whole family struggled, financially, emotionally. We struggled, of course. There are three occasions that three Christians came to my house. Two of them came in the morning. One of them, the first one came knock on my door. The first thing he said, Victor, you are a criminal. So come I'm a criminal first thing in the morning. I'm a criminal. He said, because you don't serve God. You don't serve God full time. I, I didn't have a work visa. We are praying for permanent residence. And second one came in. He said, I saw darkness in you. God told me this morning, I have nothing to do with you. To speak to you is a sin. What do I do? To speak to me is a sin. The third one came and said, God, I received a call from Singapore, from this man, asked me to tell you that you have sinned in Singapore. That's why you run away from Singapore to come to Australia. You need to go back to Singapore and repent. My heart, how can I, why can't I repent here? Why well, I need to go back to Singapore? But having said that, having said that, God is a faithful God. The moment that I, I was nearly, I was nearly in distress. I was, I was nearly in as heat, as, as like the heat in the dry place. I was nearly in that place. I must acknowledge, I was heat, as heat in the dry place. But when I read the verse that the Lord gave it to me, this verse is the Lord gave it to me. As hid under the shed of a cloud, when there is a cloud in the dry land, there is a hope for the dry land. Am I right? Because the cloud is going to bring rain. It's going to bring, to bring the seed to become the, the, the plants that you are hoping for. So now we are under, for, for all of us, every one of us, we are praying and you are waiting, you are knocking on the door every day, keep knocking and, and he will open, keep seeking and you will find and keep asking, he will receive, you will receive. And you are in that process, in your, you are in, in, in you, 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 you put yourself in, in, as a living sacrifice, you feel it, you feel the heat. But there is a cloud coming. There is a stronghold is going to show up. There is a set is going to show up. And there's got hope. That we hold our hope even though we are living sacrifice. Hang on there if you are praying for a breakthrough. Hang on there, the cloud will bring the rain. Next please. I know, there's a struggle between your soul and your spirit. <laughs> At the moment, this day. Okay, finishing. Romans chapter 5, verse 2 to 5. Says, Through him we have obtained access, obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that the suffering produces endurance and endurance 
produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. The word suffering means pressure, anguish, burden, persecution. So, now I want you to see faith, hope, grace, rejoice, God's love are the mercies of God that we respond to with our faith and our hope in Him that you don't give up even though you are on the altar as a living sacrifice. Don't give up because God will answer your prayer. God will see you through. He is the God of hope who grants you joy and peace, Bible says, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. While we are holding on to hope, God wants you to rejoice and be glad because God is putting out things that is not of God so that you can endure, putting out your impatience so that you can endure, sweating out your, 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 your perhaps your haughtiness and your pride so that you can endure. God is pouring out your, 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 your anger so that you can endure. And He's building character within you that prosper your soul. So you're waiting, there is a purpose because God is prospering your soul. Is there a last one, uh, Christian? No more. All right, I want you to take a moment and tell God, God, I'm a living sacrifice. There are areas in my life I know, some I don't even know, but you know, just pull out those things that hinder the prosperity of my soul. Shall we? Yeah? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that we want to respond to the mercies of God. Your love, your peace, your joy, your righteousness, your holiness, your redemption, your salvation, your eternal life. You came that we have life even more abundantly. We want to respond to that. And we understand that you strengthen our inner man with might to the Holy Spirit. We understand that there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit to manifest powerfully in us, for us, and through us of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Father, we also understand today that, that, that there, is, there are issues in our own soul that hinder the prosperity of our soul. Lord, we agree together. We want our souls to be prosperous. We want, to, we want you to prosper our souls. We ask that you uproot whatever that come and hinder the prosperity of our soul today, Almighty God. Uproot it and bring them to our awareness that we can deal with it. We can, we can follow uh, 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 your word and the leading of the Holy Spirit to be holy and acceptable unto you, to be a spiritual worshiper to you, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.